0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries podcast. My name is Shakira White and I am the host here. If you are already a part of our Carefree family, that means that you have subscribed and you get notified every single time we post a new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being a part of our family. If you are not subscribed, we welcome you to join us. We don't bite, I promise. You can join by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to us on right now. Whether that's Spotify, Apple, Anchor, whatever your preference is. If you subscribe, you'll get notified every single time we post a new episode. Here we talk about news, politics, music, entertainment, but most importantly, life lessons that I've learned along the way that I wish to share with you. Or sometimes just like random thoughts I've been having lately and I just want to get them out. Either way, thank you for being a part of our family. Let's get into this episode. So on this part of our episode, this is what we call our carefree update segment. This is where I talk about news or politics or music or entertainment that's been happening recently or things that I've just done. And I want to share with you, first things first, I want to talk about this book that I just finished. This book was a recommendation from my niece, Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for recommending this book. Um, It is titled It Ends With Us and it's by Colleen Hoover. This is my first time reading this author. I used to have a favorite author back in the day, um, Mary Monroe. I still read her books here and there, but Colleen Hoover, I think, may be my new favorite author. She might, she's making her way there. Either way, the book, um, I, I was talking about it on TikTok with some people because it was just so good. I read the book in one day. I haven't read a book that fast since the Harry Potter series. I'm not going to lie. I used to read those Harry Potter books in a day, two days max, because I just could not put them down. Um, And this was one of those books. And I love having that experience with a book, like feeling so engulfed in it that if I put it down for five minutes, I'm going to miss something. It's like watching a movie playing in your head. Um, So I highly recommend that book. I highly recommend you check it out. Barnes and Noble is having a 50% off sale right now. Um, off of their book so I think I got the book for like $13 when it's usually like $26 or something like that so highly recommend if you like uh, romance if you like things that are kind of like fast paced if you like things with twists and turns it is again titled It Ends With Us and it's by Colleen Hoover I also went ahead and ordered the second book because it's going to be a series so that was the first book the second book I believe comes out in September or October I'm not quite sure, but I did go ahead and pre order the second book, which is titled It Begins With Us. So the first one is It Ends With Us, the second one is it begins with us. So highly recommend you go ahead and order those, especially while they're on sale, girl. Like I think I pre-ordered the book on sale too. So it'll get shipped to me whenever it comes out and then it'll be like, you know, a gift to myself. I love pre-ordering things because I always forget that I ordered them. So when I get it in the mail, I'm like, oh, it's like a gift to future me because I know my memory is like not great. So I'm going to forget I ordered it. And speaking of ordering things, I also ordered Beyonce's um, Renaissance album on vinyl. I'm a vinyl girl. I am one of those people that like loves a vinyl album. I'm one of those people that's like, vinyl just sounds different. It just it's different. Like, and it is different. Vinyl to me has like a much richer sound than um, like Bluetooth or like audio things like that. Like even headphones. When I put on my vinyl player, like the apartment feels different (laughs) like the music playing throughout the apartment just feels different coming from a vinyl album so i did order renaissance on vinyl i'm really excited i hate that i missed the boxes i saw people start getting their uh renaissance boxes in the mail i personally would have ordered box four because four is my favorite number You know, but that's just me. Um, And I honestly do feel like four had the best box. If you ordered those, you should have gotten them by now. I saw a lot of people receiving them in the mail. Speaking of Renaissance, um, y'all, I think those Beyonce tickets are going to come out. I think she's going to go on tour. I really do. I really, really do. So I'm going to start saving my money because if this is the last tour, like I don't want to miss out if this is going to be her last tour. I don't I wouldn't call it a farewell tour. I don't know. I just don't want to miss out just in case, just in case, just in case. So I'm just going to go ahead and start saving my money. And I'm putting that out there for you now, just in case you are also like me and you need to start saving your money too. go ahead and get your piggy bank together. Start putting your money to the side. So when those tickets come out, we'll all be okay. We won't be, you know, scrambling to find a dollar. And in some personal news, um, I wrapped the TV show that I was working on. If you've been with me for a while, first of all, kudos to you and thank you so much for coming back. Uh, I guess we're friends, right? Like we're friends in my head. Um, If you've been with me for a while, you were with me when I started this podcast in my room back in Florida, in my bedroom back in Florida. Um, And you have been with me throughout this journey in my move to... Georgia in my transition to working in film and television which is something that I talked about quite often something that I always wanted to pursue and it, it happened like it, it's almost surreal though thinking about it because I look back at like pictures when I was back home and I look back at like some clips and things like things I thought I wanted at the time things I thought I missed out on and I just realized like it I didn't miss out on anything. It was, if anything, it was preparation for what was to come. And I just found myself so appreciative. So if you want to check that out, September, in September, Dynasty Season 5, our fifth and final season of the show, will be on Netflix. You can find your girl's name in the credits. I'm in the credits. Um That even sounds weird to say. But yeah, if you watch... Uh, season five of Dynasty, I was a part of each and every episode. That is so weird. That is so weird to say. Okay, yeah, let's just wrap that up because that—that's. I'm finding that very like surreal to even talk about. Again, in September, the fifth and final season of the show Dynasty will be on Netflix. And just to hop back into some music really quickly, I went to. Oh, God, yes, I didn't tell y'all. So, okay, the last time I talked to y'all, I said that I was going to the Burna Boy concert at um, here in Atlanta, and I said that I was nervous, right? Let me tell y'all a story. Quick story time. So, if you go back and listen to that previous episode, the Carefree Updates, and I was saying that, like, you know, Burna Boy is Nigerian, so I don't quite understand um, what he's saying all the time because he will mix like English sometimes in Yoruba. I learned that at the concert girl because I didn't know what the language was. So I was like, okay, let me just, you know, not try to act like I know the words. I know the English parts, but not, you know, the other parts. So I end up, I go by myself. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Like the people, I got there when the doors opened, which was at like seven o'clock. I sat down in my seat. I had a really good seat and I was just like, I was by myself. So like, I like to people watch. So I'm like watching everybody like file into the stadium. I'm looking at the people like on the floor and everything. And it was just beautiful like seeing all of these black people. And you know, you can tell when people have a different lineage, right? So I was just like, looking and I can like tell like okay I know this person is probably from this place I know this person is probably from this place or like their people are from this place just because black people man man I just I love us for real but anyway um, I was having a good time doing that and then these two um ladies they look to be around my age they come up they sit in the seats next to me actually you know what nope I lied they were in the seats when I got there And, you know, we just, like, said hey or whatever. And then after a while, the girl next to me, she, like, turns and she's like, are you from, uh, (laughs) what is she asking? Are you from Africa? And I was like, no, like, um, I don't know where my people are from. And that's the thing about being, like, quote, unquote, African American. There's always, speaking for me personally, I always feel like there's this state of, like, not knowing because you don't really know where you come from, and I also, I'm, like, leery of taking DNA tests just because, you know, I've heard way too many bad things about those. Um, So, as curious as I am about my lineage, where my people come from, I am more apprehensive about the DNA test than I am curious about where my people come from. So, that's why I never, you know, did it before, but she was, like, asking me, and I was like, no, like, the most I know is about my grandmothers, right? Like I know where they were from, but past my grandmothers, I don't know anything. And that's a lot of people's story. Um, you know, it's sad, but a lot of people's stories like that. And so I was asking her where she was from. And she said, uh, they, her and her sister were born here, her mother and father. And I'm just telling this girl's business. Anyway, it was a light conversation. Um, her mother and father, immigrated here i think her mother was her mother was quite young when they moved here but i think her mother was from senegal and i can't remember where she said her father was from but they didn't speak yoruba because she said that was the language um that burner boy uses in his music because i was telling her how i was nervous because i don't know the language and i was like i didn't want to be offensive to anybody or anything like that and she was like girl Like, it's Europe, we aren't from Nigeria, so we don't know the language either. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel a whole lot better. But it just felt so familiar and, like, comforting and, like, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. The following week, I went to the Leon Bridges concert at the Fox Theater. And I had a really good seat for that. I was in the first row. It was so good. I was so proud of myself. I was like, come on, Shakira, because that was another one of those things where I bought the ticket so early, like I had bought the ticket months ago. So I had forgot like where I even bought the ticket, like what section it was in or any of that stuff. So when I got there and it was in the first row, I was like, okay, pass Shakira, you did that. Like, good job. But that was such a good show too. I am a Leon Bridges fan Fanging when he goes on tour again, I will definitely go. He has the voice of an angel, such a beautiful voice! Love him. So, if you have the chance to see him while he's on his, I think he's going on his West Coast run next. If you have a chance to go to the Leon Bridges show, I highly recommend real instruments, real singing, not singing, singing. You're gonna have a good time. All right, so that's all I have for our carefree updates. Let's have a break for our sponsor and then we'll get into our topic of the day. All right, ladies and gents, let's get into our topic of the day. At the moment that I'm recording this, I'm actually not quite sure what I'm going to title this episode, just because I haven't like, uh, I've like fleshed out everything I wanted to say, but I don't know what I want to call it. Maybe it'll hit me in my sleep tonight. Who knows? Um, But very recently, I started thinking about social media. And I'm sure, like, we all think about social media very often, more than we would like to admit. Um, But I was thinking about it not in, like, a, "oh, what can I post kind of way, but in, like, a, this is very bad kind of way. Like, this can be very, very bad. Um, And I think what really, like, pushed me over the edge was I was watching, like, different TikToks and tweets and stuff that are coming from teachers of... Uh, middle school students and high school students and they were saying like you know the kids have gone back to school and they were saying that uh kids now are different than when we were in school like they were saying oh they're wearing um like gallery department they're wearing this they're wearing that they're not wearing the stuff that we wore to school like I went to a uniform school so we wore uh we wore uniforms but the way we showed our individuality was through our shoes, like through our shoes, through our jackets, through accessories. We like, oh my God, thinking back, Um, we used to wear like big necklaces. Like remember those like very chunky, like beaded necklaces. People would wear that at one point. Um, When that went out of style, people would layer a lot of like gold jewelry because I also went to a black school. So like that was the thing, like a lot of gold jewelry, rings, earrings, um, your book bag or like your tote your messenger bag like your socks like that was how you showed your individuality when I was in school and like you, you could be fly right but now they are saying that it's different like the kids need to be in designer the kids are coming with like beat faces like they are coming to school having had a makeup artist come to their house and do their makeup to go to school for the first day they are coming with bust down middle parts like nails lashes like and I'm not quite sure how I feel about that because it's like as things progress things are going to change like it's inevitable but at what point is it too much you know what I mean but it made me start thinking about social media and how this is what they are consuming so when I was in school. We were watching like High School Musical. We were watching Cheetah Girls. We were watching, you know, Xenon of the Future and stuff like that. And we would model our appearance after those shows or after like a Word Up magazine or whatever magazine we were using at the time. So it's not new, right? This is there's nothing new under the sun. But now they have access to um, so much online, and they see. Uh, these people that they want to model and these things that they want to try with their appearance. And in that sense, I can't blame them because we did the same thing. Um, But I was just thinking about like social media and its impact on not only the youth, but on older people, on people my age uh, and just how harmful it can be if we aren't careful. Um, So that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode Not about the kids and what they're doing. Like that's a different conversation for a whole nother day that I probably wouldn't touch with a six foot pole just because I don't want those problems from people. Um, But today we're talking about like overconsumption in social media and just the impacts that it can have on a person, especially mentally, uh, psychologically and things like that. So pre-COVID, I was in graduate school at Florida State University. I graduated December 2019. So like literally right before the pandemic, right? And we went on a school trip. It was, well, I wouldn't say it was a school trip. It was a trip sponsored by the school that a few of us went on. And we went to Chicago and nope. Nope, 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 nope. New York. We went to Chicago, but we also went to New York. So this was the New York trip that I'm talking about. And we went to this ad agency called Ketchum because my uh, major, a lot of people went into advertising and marketing after, um, which was almost the direction that I went. So glad I didn't. But um, we went to an ad agency called Ketchum. And we had this, and I forget a lot of things. I'm not going to lie. Like my memory is... eh, but sometimes some things will like stick with me. And it's very odd, like some of the things that end up sticking with me, but stay with me. We were in this, um, like a, you know, a seminar or whatever, where people talk to you and this, I think he was like their. he wasn't like their president, but he was somewhere like up in the ranks of Ketchum. And he was telling us about like social media and how uh beneficial it is for ads Uh, ad agency specifically, because people are always on these apps. So when, generally, when I'm talking about these apps, like throughout this episode, I'm referencing Facebook, I'm referencing Instagram, I'm referencing Twitter, TikTok. I don't know if people still use Snapchat, but like things like that. That's what I mean by social media. So he was saying how people are always on these apps. And I remember he said that people... The average person scrolls the length of the Empire State Building. And he said that people scroll that length every day. The average person scroll. Do you know how big the Empire State Building is? Just Google real quick the Empire State Building height. And he said that the average person scrolls the length of the Empire State Building per day. And I remember hearing it and thinking like, that's insane. (laughs) Like that, that cannot be true. But uh, recently um, I have been in the house and uh, you, I mean, you can draw your own conclusion. I haven't been able to go anywhere like inside any stores, you know, for health reasons and you can draw your own conclusion because we are still in a pandemic. So you know, do your deductive reasoning. You'll know why I've been in the house for the past week. Today makes a week. Um, but anyway, I've been in the house and I have been like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to the point where my carpal tunnel in my right hand flared up one morning. I woke up and I felt a pain shoot up my wrist and up my arm. And I was like, there is no way like my carpal tunnel is acting up again. But then I realized I have been on my phone this entire time, like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I know I have scrolled the length of the empire state building, maybe four times per day. And so I was like, I have to put this phone down and find something else to do. Hence me reading that book that I referenced earlier, but it just had me thinking like, okay, when you aren't on social media, like what else can you do? Like what, Find something else to do, and then I would try to do things, and I would find that my attention span for those things is not there anymore. Like, I tried to start a painting, and I was like two minutes into it, and was like, "Mm, Let me pick up my phone and see what's new on TikTok. Or, I tried to like open my calendar and like plan some things out, and I was like, "Mm, I'll do this tomorrow, like, we'll worry about it tomorrow. And I would just be flipping from Pinterest to TikTok to Twitter to Instagram. Nothing new is on those platforms when I'm switching in between them. But it's just like this need to get on the app. And me personally, I'm kind of stubborn in the sense that like I don't want things to control me. (laughs) So I started feeling like I needed to fight back. And that's also why I made this episode. Because I know I'm not the only person. Like, I don't love overconsumption. I don't like overstimulation. Um, and I don't like having a short attention span. I hate that. Like, I want to improve my attention span. So I was thinking about it, wrestling with, like, the thought of, like, what I wanted to talk about on this podcast episode. And then, to yesterday morning, yesterday morning, yeah, Um, I woke up. I literally woke up that morning threw my feet over the side of the bed and was listening. And I heard a dump truck across the street from my apartment and it hit me. And I was like, that's it. Like everything started floating, like flooding into my like mind. And I had to hurry up and pick up oddly enough, my phone and go to my notes app and just get all of this stuff down before it left me. So anyway, here we go. I was thinking and I found that the gradual introduction to a stimulus, like gradual introduction, over time will eventually desensitize you to what you once thought was your norm or what was once your norm. And I have a great example for this. It it leans back to that dump truck that I talked about. Um, when I moved to Atlanta, that was in 2020, but I'm not referencing when I First got here, I'm more so referencing when I got my first apartment here because when I first moved here, I was on the outskirts of Atlanta so it was a lot quieter um, but then when I got my apartment, my apartment is like in the middle of the city and I found it very hard to sleep like my apartment is not downtown but it's in the heart of the city and if you know anything about Atlanta, you know that there's traffic, there's always traffic there's always something happening some event some concert some panel some seminar some conference like there is always something happening here um it's like stimulus on stimulus on stimulus there's always construction and a stimulus quote-unquote in this sense is just something that like triggers one of your senses so as a human you know we have five senses quick refresher. Maybe you have more or less senses, because I don't know if you've seen the movie, the sixth sense, you know what I mean? When I say you may have more than five senses, you know, who knows? I don't know. I don't knock it. I know that I have five, right? And according to Merriam-Webster, a stimulus is, quote, an agent such as an environmental change that directly influences the activity of a living organism or one of its parts by exciting a sensory organ or evoking muscular contraction or granular secretion, end quote. And that sounds very like science but you know, that's what it is. So in this case, my sensory organ that caused me to have a hard time sleeping when I moved to Atlanta were my ears, which is hearing, right? And that's because when I moved to, well, when I lived in Florida, I lived in the city that didn't have as much traffic or things going on as Atlanta. Um, So the first night in my apartment, I remember staring at the ceiling, like just looking up at the ceiling fan and thinking, like, why in the world did I move into the city? (laughs) Like, I just kept asking myself, why would you? That was such a dumb decision. Why did you move in the heart of the city? Like, you're never going to be able to sleep. You're never going to get any rest. It's so loud here. Like, why did you do this? In Atlanta, there are sirens all day and night, day in, day out. You're going to hear sirens. You're going to hear alarms. You're going to hear police cars. It's inevitable. There are people drag racing up and down the street at three o'clock in the morning. You hear construction all day. And I remember thinking about just how dumb that decision was, but I hadn't considered One thing I hadn't considered at that time is the fact that over time, through the exposure of the sounds or the stimulus, and this is gonna sound very science-y, but stick with me, I promise I'm getting there. Um, Over time, there would come a day where I would no longer be sensitive to those sounds. So in the moment, I was like, this is so dumb, like I'm never gonna be able to sleep, but I didn't think about two months from now, I won't even, like, my ears, my mind is gonna be able to, like, filter all of these sounds out because it's going to grow used to it and so that happened my body and my mind adapted to the environment that I was in through the constant exposure to the stimulus now I mean I can probably sleep through a freight train passing my window but when I go back home to Florida and back to what now feels like dead silence (laughs) like now when I go home and sleep I'm like oh my God, it's so quiet because I've grown used to the sounds of here, right? So it dawned on me yesterday morning. And I mean, like, like I said, threw my feet over the side of the bed. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Like I figured it out. So over time, we've been conditioned to mindlessly scroll and overconsume content. Very intentionally, might I add, like this is a very intentional thing that has been done to us over time. We have been giving this stimulus over time for a reason, very intentionally. These companies are in the business of making money. They are in the business of advertising. Social media is the business of advertising. More eyes on the platform means more eyes on the ads, So no, Instagram doesn't care about how nice your pictures are. Twitter doesn't care about how funny your tweets are. Uh, TikTok doesn't care about how informative your video was or how entertaining it was. Facebook or Meta, whatever they call themselves now, um, they don't care about the status you're posting. The only thing these platforms care about is that you are on their app, that you are present on the app. You are a user of the app. And believe me when I say they fight tooth and nail against the other platforms because they want you on their platform instead of switching apps, you know, to see what's going on over on Instagram when you could be having your doom scroll on TikTok instead. It's why they push you so many notifications when you've been off the app for a while. You know what I'm talking about, ding. And the notification is like, Things you may have missed if you haven't been on Instagram for like the entire day. They start pushing those notifications. Oh, you missed this post from such and such. You know, check out the app, look at our picture of the day, stuff like that. And excuse my grammar, but like, can we really talk here for a second? Like, seriously talk? When they send you those notifications, you ain't missed nothing. You ain't missed a thing. Like, those same pictures, videos, tweets, TikToks will be there whenever you decide to get back on the app, but what you are missing is real life. You're missing what's happening in the right now, like what's occurring in this present moment. On my phone, I have my screen time limit set for five hours and 30 minutes each day, meaning that's how much time I have to use all the social media platforms on my phone because it'll block those apps after that five hours and 30 minutes. And for the past three days, I've hit that limit. Like every single day I've hit that five hours and 30 minute limit. And what can I possibly be looking at for five hours and 30 minutes? Huh? And then I feel bad because I'm like, that's time that I will never get back. Like time, time is the true currency. You know what? Actually, I need to write that down because that'll be a good topic for us. I'm writing that down right now. Um, Time is our true currency. Like The biggest currency in the world is not money. Uh, It's not, you know, any of this. It's not wealth. It's your time. Like, that is something that you'll never get back. You can make money back. You'll never get time back. You'll never be 22 again. If you're 43, you'll never be 30 again. Like, right now is all that you have. And that is what matters. So, like I was saying, um, that's time that I could have been doing something else but because these companies have introduced us to the scrolling, to being stuck on these apps, um it's hard to break. It's a habit that's hard to break now. Instagram came about when I was in high school. That seems like forever ago now. But I vividly remember being in gym class or PE, physical education. And in our gym class, like, there wasn't a lick of physical education, nothing going on. We were, like, it was, the girls would come, sit on the bleachers, talk, catch up on the day, eat snacks. The boys would grab a basketball and, like, shoot around and play. Like, that was our PE class. Anyway, I vividly remember getting to the gym that day and, like, hearing people talk about Instagram. And so we all, like downloaded these apps that we had never heard of and we just like had a field day we would post anything on there like a picture of a book bag like just because it was new it was fresh and everyone was trying to like figure it out together I remember that and before Instagram it was Facebook and before Facebook it was MySpace and you had to build your page and When you use those apps, you will eventually get to a point on the page that was like, you know, hey, you're all caught up now. And once you reach the end, you just go about your day like you. It's like, okay, nothing else to see here. And you log off. Oh, but now, like you will never get that message again. (laughs) Like you will never see that again. Um, Imagine TikTok saying, oh, yeah, that's it. Like you've seen all the videos there is to see today. Like that will never happen. When you're scrolling, that algorithm, like in real time, as you are scrolling, that algorithm is working over time to pull more and more videos into your feed, into your For You page, to keep you swiping up and up and up and up. And that's what I meant earlier by introduction to stimulus. We have grown so used to that now that being off the apps for a while and not having a video to be distracted by or not having a picture to double tap seems foreign. Like, we do anything, we're reaching for our phone. Like, if you spend five minutes doing something else, your brain is like, oh, where's my phone? Like, let me pick up my phone. Let me just open TikTok. And it's like, why? Why? You can go anywhere right now at this very moment, And I really hope that somebody is listening to this podcast while they are in the crowd of people, while you are surrounded by people. Because if you go anywhere at this very moment, just take a second to observe the people around you. Nine times out of 10, they're going to be looking down at their phones. Like they're going to be scrolling on their phones. And I think I know what the top of people's heads look like more than their faces these days. And I'm no exception. So don't think that I'm just out here like free from the shackles of TikTok and Twitter because I'm just as bad as the next person. But I personally want a change in my relationship to consuming content on social media. Primarily because, like I said earlier, I'm kind of stubborn in the sense that like I don't want something controlling me like I want to have my own mind, right? Like, I don't want to mindlessly have to pick up my phone or like just scroll, scroll, scroll or feel like I'm so connected to these things that I can't put them down. So it's a, it's coming from a stubborn sense as well. Um, but that's just me being completely honest. And so when I noticed my attention span getting shorter and shorter and my carpal tunnel flaring up in my right arm, that's when I was like, okay, girl, like Okay, like This is, this is not it. It's time to like get back to the drawing board and figure something out. So I try not to present a problem if I don't have any solutions to suggest. If you've been here for a while, you know that. So with that, of course, I've thought about what could possibly like help this dilemma that we have with social media not to say that you should just throw away the apps all unless that's your prerogative then by all means do you but for the rest of us I think there are small changes that we can make to help and small changes over time make for large benefits in the future that's just my personal belief and I wouldn't suggest you do anything that I haven't tried myself so these possible solutions I've already put into action in my own life and I just wanted to share them with you number one I mentioned this earlier, but set a screen time limit on your phone. I'm not sure if Android has it, but I know on Apple, if you go into your settings, you should see an option that says screen time. In there, you'll see an option that says app limits. And I said earlier, I set my social media apps. So TikTok, Instagram, uh, my Facebook, my Twitter are all, and I think even my Pinterest are all set for five hours and 30 minutes, meaning I have a total of five hours and 30 minutes a day to use all of those apps, all of them. So it's not five hours and 30 minutes for Twitter and then another five hours and 30 minutes for uh, Instagram and then another five, no, like the total for all of those apps is five hours and 30 minutes. And once I hit that, my phone will ask for a screen time password. And I'm pretty good at just like, you know, by the time I hit the limit, most days it's like 1030 or 11 o'clock. So it's time for me to go to sleep anyway. Um, But sometimes, you know, since I've been stuck in the house, I've been putting my little password in and being like, oh, whatever. You know, it's almost the day's almost over. And then I'm up until two o'clock in the morning, like still scrolling. So anyway, by setting this screen time limit, your phone creates this wall for you. Like it creates that wall, like, okay, that's enough. Like you've hit your limit, time to go do something else. And oddly enough, I was watching a TikTok the other day where a guy. The, the irony of talking about staying off of TikTok or limiting your time on social media and TikTok and then talking about seeing a video on TikTok. Anyway, that's just the world we live in today. Um, I was looking at a video about this uh, guy, he was reading this book, and the book is um, Irresistible by Adam Alter, if you want to check it out. I haven't read it yet, but it's about, quote unquote, the rise of addictive technology and the business of keeping us hooked, which is what we talked about earlier. These businesses are in the ad business, they are in the people business, they're in the business of making money through ads. And so in the book, he was saying that you never reach the wall, like you'll never reach the end of TikTok, you'll never reach the end of Instagram. So since these apps won't create that wall for you to hit, if you set a screen time limit on your phone, you're creating your own wall. And then after that, it's up to you to, you know, either bypass that wall if you put your password in and you just keep scrolling or, you know, to be... That girl like, or that guy and say, okay, I've hit my limit. Let me go find something else to do. I don't know, take a nap. Go make yourself a matcha. Make yourself some tea. Look at the sunset. Like, Find something else to do. It's very possible, trust me. And number two, my suggestion is to find a dopamine replacement. So the thing that keeps you addicted to these apps is the fact that they give you a little hit of dopamine when you are using them. And when somebody likes your picture... When somebody comments on your video, when somebody likes your tweet, whether you realize it or not, you are getting a little shot of this thing called dopamine. And all dopamine is, is a happiness drug that your brain releases. And Harvard published an article back in 2018 titled, quote, dopamine, smartphones, and you, a battle for your time. And an excerpt perfectly explains what I mean by like those little dopamine hits. And it says, quote, Although not as intense as a hit of cocaine, positive social stimuli will similarly result in a release of dopamine, reinforcing whatever behavior preceded it. Cognitive neuroscientists have shown that rewarding social stimuli, laughing faces or emojis, positive recognition from your peers, so those comments on your videos and your pictures and stuff, messages from loved ones, all activate the same dopaminergic, Hopefully I said that right. Reward pathways. Smartphones have provided us with a virtually unlimited supply of social stimuli, both positive and negative. Every notification, whether it's a text message, a like on Instagram or a Facebook notification, has the potential to be a positive social stimulus and dopamine influx. End quote. And if you want to read that article, I have it linked in the description of this podcast. So you may be wondering, you know, if social media is giving us all of these dopamine hits um, and dopamine is basically the happiness drug, how can you find that elsewhere? And I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. You can naturally increase dopamine levels through meditation. You can naturally increase them through cutting back on processed sugars, which is hard for me. Not going to lie you can increase dopamine naturally by exercising and you can also do it by listening to music. So if you feel like you just need that little hit of dopamine really quick, put on Renaissance or put on your favorite album or like listen to your favorite song. I personally have a playlist on my Spotify that is nothing but a list of my favorite songs like of all time. Like I have like 80 songs on there and sometimes when I need my little dopamine hit I go to the top of the playlist and just play all of them all the way through. And it gives me everything that I need in that moment. So when you feel like you need little hits of dopamine throughout the day, instead of maybe, you know, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that, just take a quick five minute meditation or go for a walk or basically anything else but pick that phone up. Anything else but picking that phone up. And so those are the two things I do. I did read about some more things that you can possibly do to limit your time on social media. One is pretty rogue. Uh, Some people will change their display on their phones to black and white. So you know, your display is like full color. Some people will change their display to black and white. Like, I guess if you got it that bad, then do what you got to do. I don't think I have it that bad yet, Um, but you can change your display to black and white. And that way your brain won't, you know, be seeing, well, you won't be seeing the colors on those apps. And then your brain will feel like, oh, well, this is pointless because we don't, you know, look at things in black and white. So there's that. And I really do hope that this episode helps you or someone you know. I've really been thinking about this topic for a long time now, but I was never quite able to put it into words. I'll be honest. I really do worry about, the repercussions of social media on our future. Uh, It's something that like really bothers me. I'm not going to lie. And I truly do believe that we as human beings were never meant to consume this much information from this many people. We were never meant to know what random strangers living on opposite ends of the world from us think about certain things like their viewpoints on things. And it really is a double edged sword because When used in a healthy manner and like with good intentions, I really do believe that social media can help positively impact people's way of thinking and perception of life. But unfortunately for most people, that just hasn't been the case. Right. And I think the bad really has outweighed um, the good with social media. You know, last week on Twitter, I saw about four different videos in my feed of people shooting people, and maybe three videos of fatal car accidents. Over time, that will desensitize people to the loss of life. And speaking for me personally, I never want to be so conditioned to seeing those things like on social media and on my feeds. I never want to get used to that, which is why... I wanted to take those steps to unfollow those people that like retweet those kind of things Um and just upping my 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 own controls of things that uh, are allowed in my feed. I hope this helps someone somewhere and don't forget to stay black and carefree and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye guys.